Community Players Podcast Standby. Places, please. Hosts and guests, places, please. House lights, go. Hold, please. We are holding. Welcome to the first episode of our Places, Please podcast miniseries called Hold, Please. As is the case everywhere, our plans and programming is in a little bit of limbo. However, just because things are uncertain at the moment, it doesn't mean we have to stop connecting to our community. That's why Community Players has launched our Hold Please programming initiative. During the technical and dress rehearsals for a show, the most dreaded thing for the cast to hear is Hold Please booming over the sound system from the director or the stage manager. It means that something has gone wrong and all action needs to stop while the problem is addressed. Unfortunately, that is the situation the entire country finds itself in right now. The run-through of our daily lives and special events have been brought to a stop, and no one knows for sure when we'll get back to the run. Just because we are paused, it doesn't mean we have to lose our community and the connection that community players brings to the region. For that reason, we have launched a series of special initiatives and opportunities that will continue to engage and enrich our communities through the arts, deepening connections in new and innovative ways outside of the walls of the theater. This week was supposed to be the next regular episode of this podcast, where we were going to talk about the production of Flaming Idiots. Unfortunately, the coronavirus crisis has temporarily halted production of that show. But we were thinking this could be an opportunity to find new ways to connect with our community. One of those ways is this podcast miniseries. We're reaching out to some past participants to learn what the organization has meant to them. We'll also be talking to people who are still in the area, but we'll be reaching out to others who have moved away and find out what they've been up to since leaving the area. Our plan at the moment is to share new episodes with you once a week. Each episode will feature one or two conversations. This week's guest is Terry Terhune. Terry and I sat down, socially distant from each other, to talk about his history with the organization. It's particularly appropriate to have Terry as our first guest. Terry was the first president of the board of directors back in 1975. He shares with us his memories of the founding and growth of the organization, what keeps him coming back after all those years, and we learn that the reason I'm here is pretty much his fault. We hope you enjoy our conversation. Well, I am joined now by Terry Terhune, who has made his way into the podcast studio, a.k.a. my office. Uh, Terry, thanks for uh, coming in today. You're welcome. Glad, glad to be here. But, you know, Terry, we've got you here because, you know, you've been involved with community players from the very beginning. Um, talk about how the organization got started. Well, back in uh, 1972, the Beatrice Sertoma Club sponsored a production called Red Stockings Review, and uh, I was chairman of that production and in 73 we did another production called uh, uh, Fractured Follies and actually it was those two productions that got me started thinking about community theater in Beatrice and uh, well, a statement was made during one of the productions that I would sure like to see a community theater in Beatrice. And 
one of the actors uh, made the comment, well, when the time is right, uh, you'll get her done. <laughs> and so a lady by the name of Mary Ellen Morgan moved here from the Omaha Council Bluffs area, and she had been very active in uh, Chanticleer Theater. I, that may be in Iowa. I'm yeah, not, Chanticleer, yeah. yeah. And uh, so another fellow by the name of uh, Dick Wood uh, used to be one of the directors for the Jerome Cargill Company, a production company in New York City. Uh, and at that time, uh, he was uh, uh, working in a clothing store here in Beatrice. But that was the same company that uh, did the uh, two reviews that Sertoma did in 72 and 73. And so he and I got together and thought about community players. And uh, we lined up a group of people and uh, they were a group of people that were also interested in community theater and with the help of Sertoma and Bob Sargent who was mayor at that time and the city council we were able to put together enough dollars to put together our first production uh, a gown for his mistress and we presented that as a dinner theater at what was then the Holiday Inn with the idea that, well, the city provided the money for us mm -hmm. to do it with the understanding that they would get the first payback off of the receipts. <laughs> and uh, as it happened, why, it was uh, a big success, and we had enough money left over after we paid the city back to uh, start the organization. Yeah. So then we elect, uh, elected a board of directors and started up. Well, and speaking of the uh, first board of directors, you were the first president of the board, that I correct? I was the first president, yes. Yes, I was. That was a great honor for me. Uh, and we had a, a really good set of people that... Uh, had been involved with theater before. Uh, and of that group, the only three that I can think of right now that are still living are myself, <laughs> Linda McCall, and uh, my son Dick, who lives in uh, Connecticut. He was the first uh, student member of the board. Yeah, and we're going to be uh, talking to Dick a little later about his experience oh, uh, with the organization. Uh, so yeah, um, where I've I've always been curious. Um, where did the name Community Players come from? Why did you guys choose well, that? Well, the reason the reason we came up with the name of Community Players was because we wanted to 
include a, as large of an area as possible to draw people in to not only attend the plays, but to be in the plays. So rather than call it Beatrice Community Players, we just called it Community Players. Nice, nice. Um, so what do you remember most about some of those early days? Oh, I would say probably the first thing I remember the most was uh, the first production that we did in this building. It was cold, cold, cold. <laughs> and uh, the heating system was set up for a garage, not for a theater. So we had to run the heaters in the auditorium before the production, and then we had to shut them off during the production because oh. they were so noisy. <laughs> and uh, our, I believe our first production uh, in this building was a gown for... Uh, uh, on Golden on Pond. On Golden Pond, yeah. On Golden Pond. And uh, <clears throat> we neglected to uh, cover up the hole, the access hole in the ceiling to get up in the attic. Oh, uh-huh. And the people that sat in that vicinity in the audience practically froze to death. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the first things uh, that I remember. And, uh, oh, let's see, we're going back to 1975, and, and uh, we had a, a fundraising uh, campaign with KWBE where a bunch of us uh, were live on, uh, on the radio and uh -huh. asking for, for dollars and... We'd send people out to get them, and, and uh, that helped us uh, get going down here. And uh, we had uh, some people that uh, in the uh, what was then the uh, Elks Club that were good theater people and we were able to have them persuade the powers that be there to uh, let us use the upper story of the Elks Club as a theater. Mm -hmm. And uh, that went on for a season or so. And uh, then we were able to uh, secure one of the buildings out at what is now Southeast Community College, and we were out there for several years until we had a fire. Yeah, and we're going to talk about the fire in a little bit. Okay, we'll talk about the fire in a little bit. But those are some of the early memories. Yeah, it's it's interesting because um, the Elks Club is actually, the old Elks Club was right near where we are now. Yeah. Um, it's the police department's parking lot, correct? Uh, that's right, and... I used to look out the window uh, of the Elks Club at this building mm -hmm. and think, my, that would make a good uh, community theater. <laughs> you, you were kind of prophetic there. So 
when the time came to uh, look for a permanent home, why this was my suggestion that, uh -huh. that we look into this. At, at that time, it was owned uh, by state federal savings and loan. And uh, we were able to uh, work out an agreement with them to, to rent the building from them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so is there anything that you know now that you wish you would have known back in 1975 when you guys were starting this organization? Well, gosh, probably a lot of things, but I can't think of them right off the yeah. top of my head. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, you were the, the first president of the board, and you've worn a lot of hats with the organization over the years. Um, what all have you been involved with uh, at the theater? Well, my I would say my main function was for a number of years, and I think I was still doing it when uh, when we hired you uh, was heading up the uh, set construction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At that time, they called it Master Carpenter. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I, I think that it would have been better called Master Wood Butcher, but uh, <laughs> that's, I, I, that's what they called it then. Yeah, I, I think we, we might uh, update what we call them in our programs. I like that, Master <laughs> Wood Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, whoever's in charge of it now, they're doing a terrific job. That's that's the first uh, first thing I notice when I come to a production. And uh, I have limited myself for the last several years uh, to being an audience mm -hmm. rather than working. And another job that I had for several years was uh, treasurer. Right. Yeah, you were treasurer um, when I was hired. Yeah. I remember you right. were on the board at the time, and, and you signed all my paychecks for a while. <laughs> yeah, incidentally, I, I don't know if uh, if you want me to say this or not but uh, when you were hired I was the one that gave the final vote to hire you because several votes were taken and they oh. were ties oh oh and, and, and somebody had to change their mind and that was me <laughs> well well uh, hopefully uh, i haven't regretted it yeah good i was just gonna say haven't you haven't regretted, regretted that decision it. have you <laughs> of all the directors we've had uh we hope that you will stay on forever <laughs> well you know uh, i'm 23 years now if you can believe it uh so you know that's pretty darn close to forever as far as i'm concerned yeah any anybody that we've had before you uh hasn't stayed more than three years i i, I don't know if anybody has stayed that long yeah um i think uh kate heckle was here for um about six years uh, when she was when she had this that, position, that could be. yeah. Um, did you think the theater would last this long when yes. you guys started? Oh, an enthusiastic yes. Yes, I did, and uh, even more positive. I'm looking forward to when uh, I'm going to say you guys, <laughs> the board of directors, starts a fundraising campaign. 
to raise, give or take, about $8 million to build <laughs> a new theater that is specifically designed for theater. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I'm looking forward to that day myself. <laughs> um, uh, what areas of, of growth and changes would you like to see the theater explore? You know, you said you'd, you'd love to see us uh, in a new building, but uh, what other things would you like to see us do? Well, I'll leave that up to you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you, you've done such a great job of... Uh, bringing in things like the uh, school program that you do uh, with a program for mm -hmm. the kids. Yeah, and, the acting up program. Yeah, acting up and uh, going to, going to uh, various competitions and usually winning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, what have uh, some of the biggest challenges you've seen over the years the organization kind of have to overcome? Well, obviously, uh, after we had the fire, we had to, to move around to several different places to continue our uh, program. And uh, we were able to... Uh, use the uh, high school theater, uh, the 4-H the, uh, building out at the uh, fairgrounds, mm -hmm. and finally we moved down here. <laughs> and during those, those two seasons, why it was touch and go yeah um yeah so about the fire in the theater had been housed out at southeast community college yeah. for a number of years and uh the story that i've been told is that um uh, an unknown arsonist uh lit the building on fire and uh, it was right after they they had closed a production of a musical version of a christmas carol that's right and they had just shipped back all the rented costumes. Forty thousand dollars worth of costumes. Ooh. <laughs> um, and uh, they—they've never caught the arsonist, have they? Well, no. They think they know who it was, uh -huh. but they never had enough proof to uh, uh, charge him with the. Right, boy. Everyone's a critic, huh? I mean, that <laughs> must be. He must, they must have really hated that show. <laughs> um, so, you know, how did the theater end up, you know, in this building? You said it was um, owned by um, another American company. American Charter. American Charter. Uh, no. Uh, uh, Nebraska State Savings. And I, oh, yeah. That, they've changed. Uh, changed names changed several names times. So yeah. Times. Uh, but, uh, you know, to decide on this building and uh, have the vision to transform it into a theater. Because uh, first, uh, talk about what this building was for people who may not know, um, what this building was right before the theater uh, moved in. was a motorcycle shop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. And, uh, uh, and prior to that, it had been the auto center for Montgomery Wards. Yes, that's right. That's right. It, it took quite a bit of cleaning up, and uh, the gentleman that was uh, director, 
at the time was the one that drew up the plans for uh, building the various parts of the theater. Uh, and back at that time, well, that's neither here nor there. He, he, <laughs> he drew it up and, and uh, Beach Construction were the people that uh, put it together. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was uh, 1981, I believe. Uh, when that could be. I, I hadn't checked that out. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and opened with uh, um, On Golden Pond for the first yeah. show in this space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what have been some of your fondest memories? Because you know, I, we also haven't mentioned the fact that you're also a, you acted over the years. Oh yeah, you yeah, know, I've been in a few shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what have been some of your fondest memories of the organization over the past forty some uh, forty three well, years? Well, I would really call it fondest, but uh, one of the things that I think of most often was. Uh, in a show that I was in and there was a scene where I was supposed to go into the restroom and do what you do in the restroom of <laughs> course and uh, then come back out and continue the show well we decided we would play a little joke on the director one night of a rehearsal so we put a big bucket of water in in where the restroom was and uh, a can <laughs> and uh, when I went into the restroom why well, I dipped some water out of the bucket and then poured it back in <laughs> and that director came right up out of his seat and uh, there, there's one member of that cast that uh, uh, about every time I see him, why he mentions that. Oh, funny! Thing. That, that's that's one thing that I really remember. Yeah. Do you remember what show that was? Uh, I can't right now. No. Yeah. Uh, it, it was it was the restroom show, <laughs> the the play about a restroom. <laughs> well, no, it was actually it was uh, it used to be a TV show. Uh. Oh shoot! It was probably um, Odd Couple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there yeah. we go. That, yeah, that was it. The Odd Couple. <laughs> yes. Oh, is there any? Are there any particular things that really stick out to you as why this organization has been able to continue and uh, to continue to grow over the forty-three years? Well, when we started the organizations, there were organization. There was a number of people that said well, it's not going to last. And I kept saying, as long as you've got one or two people that really want it to go, it's going to go. And we've had at least that many people all these years that have really made it work. And that, that's what it's going to take is uh, people that really want to see it go. Yeah, that's that's a I think that's a great way to wrap things up here today, Terry. Um, you know, it's a, a great statement on what community theater is and what community theater is capable of doing for for uh, an 
uh, and not just one community, but an entire area. Yeah, yeah, we we have people coming to be in our shows from. Well, you know how big of an area it is. What what do we cover? Um, Lincoln, Lincoln, Pawnee City. Yeah, uh, um, you know, you, it's about a forty-five to forty-five minute to a sixty-minute drive. Um, is where our audience comes from, yeah. or our, our volunteers and actors come from, and our audience comes from uh, about a hundred mile radius. Yeah. Uh, which is a really a wonderful testament to all the work of our current volunteers, but also to the foundation that was laid in the beginning. Uh, because one thing that I always say, and oh, you know, let's talk about this a little bit. Um, one thing that I always say is that community players kind of cheated in terms of organization development. Uh, in that you guys hired a full-time director right at the beginning of the organization most organizations it takes you know 10 15 years before they reach that stage of development um to hire a full-time staff person so talk about what was the thought process behind that well the thought process behind that was uh obviously if you have a professional doing their job nine times out of ten they're going to do uh, a better job than having a bunch of volunteers trying to do the same job. And it was the opinion of several members, Mary Ellen Morgan, Virginia Wright, uh, uh, just to name a couple off the top of my head, that said, if we're going to do this, let's have a pro do it. We can't afford to pay a pro uh, what they should get, but if we can find them another job and make them a part-time employee, uh, let's do it. So that's what we did. Yeah, yeah. And as I remember, when you came here, your major job was with the Daily Sun. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was a, I, I joked that I was a mild-mannered reporter in the mornings, and in the afternoons and evenings, I was a crazy theater director. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now I'm getting to put my uh, interviewing skills uh, back into practice here with this podcast. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, we can't understate how visionary, really, that decision was in the beginning to have that employee, um, because I know a lot of organizations that really struggle to keep going um, because they don't have that That's staff right. person who has that expertise, or they reach a point in their development where they need to hire someone, and then there's a lot of tension in the organization as they're trying to navigate. Um, the board tries to navigate letting go of control of things and uh, delegating out to the staff and let, letting the employees do their job. Um, so Community Players was pretty uh, fortunate that you guys were smart enough um, back in the very beginning. Because I think, wasn't it at the first board meeting? Because I think I've seen the minutes where you guys voted to hire. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's uh, major kudos to you guys for having that vision. And we had one or two people, one in particular, that was on the board at that time that uh, was really a good director. But he also thought, let's go 
Crow, and that was Cecil Richmond. Oh, Cecil Richmond. And if, if you don't know Cecil Richmond, well, you missed out on not knowing. That's right. He was just a wonderful gentleman who passed away several years ago, but yeah. I had the pleasure of working with him in a number of shows. Yeah, he, he did direct one or two shows uh, that uh, I don't remember whether they were seasonal shows or something in between, but mm-hmm. I know I was in one or two that uh, that he directed. And, yeah. Um, hey, speaking of, of, you know, the season and things, you know, the seasons has have really grown oh, yes. um, over the years because uh, that first year you guys did three, three shows. shows. Um, do you remember off the top of your head what they were? A Gown for His Mistress, uh, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, and what was the third one? I forget. I think it was The Boyfriend. Boyfriend. Yeah, that's right. So you know, and those weren't you know, cat on a hot tin roof. That's not exactly a uh, we had an a easy of, show. A lot of feedback uh, <laughs> from a cat on the hot tin. Roof. Yeah, yeah. But you had the mayor playing Big Daddy, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bob Sargent was Big Daddy. Yeah. So you know, the you can't complain too much when the mayor is playing Big Daddy. You that's know? right. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, Terry, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Um, unless there's anything else you want to add. No, just, just, uh, get with the program and let's get some money coming in to build a new theater. Yeah. (laughs) Boy, Terry, we're going to put you in charge of, uh, the fundraising effort here if you're not careful. Well, we'll do something even if it's wrong. Yeah. Well, Terry, thank you so much for coming in and, uh, chatting with me today. Uh, I really appreciate you coming in, but also all the work that you and the original board did to get this organization going. Well, you're welcome. And that's our first miniseries episode. Once again, thank you to Terry Terhune for stopping by the theater to chat with us. During this health crisis, be sure to follow Community Players on all the social media platforms and visit our website, BeatriceCommunityPlayers.com, for all the latest updates on programming changes. Follow the hashtag, Hold Please CP for updates on our various engagement activities. You can help us keep our programming alive by going to our website and making a donation, purchasing CP merch, or buying a gift certificate for future productions. It will really make a difference and enable us to keep the ghost light burning until we can open our doors to the public again. Thank you and stay safe because we want to see you at the theater. Please stand by, we are continuing to hold.